0: Hello there and welcome to the Alstine Film Podcast where we talk film, TV, games and all that jazz. Let this know tomorrow. This week we're talking about Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. My name is Chom. My name is Chom, apparently. My name is Tom and as always I'm joined with my co-host John. Hey, how you doing John? Uh, it's me, Chom. Yeah, That's the yeah, real name, yeah. apparently. So yeah, Fantastic Beasts. Four spoilers ahead. Preparing for the third film we're going to do, both of them. I want to just start out and just ask, what are your thoughts on Harry Potter, just in general? I think it's a good
1: book series or film series that I enjoyed watching. There's some great moments that I
0: realised, and I thought it was very, very memorable. But Fantastic Beasts, why? (laughs) No, I'm inclined to agree with you. I've always been somewhat of a Fantastic Beasts apologist, and I don't think that this film is completely worthless. I think there's a lot to like here, but it just yeah it feel it definitely feels it's not trying to be the same thing as harry potter at all yeah but i feel like it does lose some of the magic in it like the way the the way that i can describe this film is beige oh my god this film doesn't have a lick of color in it there's a no there's a moment at the end you know the end when they let the thunderbird out uh, Oh, so you can
1: frank the thunderbird frank
0: Iconic character. Um, He comes out and he's supposed to be all golden, but he's not. He's just beige. Everything is different tones of beige and orange and yellow. It, and- it is.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. With everything that you're seeing, like the pastries with. Yes. <laughs> at the end. Yeah. And it is just like so boring with the Misan Sense. I mean, yeah. it's cool what they've done with the CGI, like what they did at the end. But it's, it's the same mm-hmm. like Harry Potter. And the weird part about this film, okay, there were some great bits that I liked in this film, mm-hmm. but in sense if you if you put this all together alongside with Harry Potter, with like Grindelwald, Albus Dumbledore, and then leading up to Harry Potter, it feels like a spin-off that no one really thought about, but it was it was so weird. And it's based on the book that it's just like a guide on where to find them. Yes. So
0: well originally this film was gonna be like a documentary set in the universe, which would like tell about a load of animals. But then J.K. Rowling was like, "I've got five scripts for five movies," and that's what it became. It just became five. this five. five. Yeah. So yeah. So we got two more after Secrets of Dumbledore. No, no, no. Yeah. I
1: thought I thought the third one's the final one.
0: No, John. <laughs> There's two more. No. no! Uh, but this film, this film is, it, it's so, I mean, it says it in the title of the video. It's so inconsistent. There are two yes. different, like, avenues. There's the, the oh, fun, we've got to get the beasts back, and we're having fun shenanigans, and there's also, like, child abuse, and brutal oh. murder, and Uh-oh. wizard Hitler. It's, like... They, the two really don't mesh well together, especially yeah, it, it, in the middle, in the second act. It's so jarring.
1: Yeah, like one time you're like, ah, oh, look, look, it's, it's, it's a really cute animal. And then it just goes into really dark topics. So, yeah, it doesn't really balance well. And I just forgot, like, the really dark stuff, like when watching it, it's just like, oh, and it just just ruins the atmosphere as well.
0: See, I like both of them, but not together. It's like, pick one. What are we doing here? Is this going to be like a fun film about beasts or is it, you know, the dark stuff? And we will talk about this in a couple of weeks. But Crimes of Grindelwald really does go in the other direction. And it it focuses almost entirely on the dark stuff. Yeah, I just I feel like there are some really good things in this film. I think the cast, it's a great cast
1: like
0: Eddie Redmayne kills it as Newt Scamander I love him so much he really sells the awkwardness and you know his feeling that he can't connect with people but then when he's with the beasts and the animals he comes alive like the whole sequence in the suitcase is Mm. one of the best sequences the there's color for once whoa what a twist whoa Uh,
1: there's like Whoa! Uh,
0: green, <laughs> Green. the CGI is, is really good in the melding of practical effects. It all looks so good. And I think he really comes alive in that. Mm-hmm.
1: And there's some great moments with, with the animals, uh, with the animals, with the beasts. The dangerous um, beasts. Oh, the dangerous beasts. And what was the one bit that we liked? Oh yeah, with that massive, I, I can't remember the names, the, the bird is a massive like snake bird. That, uh, the you know, Occamy.
0: Like, the alchemy. Yeah.
1: How do you know that? Of course you are. You're
0: anyway. Uh... Honestly, I lived this film since it came out in 2016. I've watched it so many times. Like, it's actually insane. I've watched it so many times that, you know, the, you know, the girl at the orphanage who sings that song while she's doing a hopscotch? Yeah. I know the song. I know, I know the words. So how many times I've watched this no, film? No,
1: you don't. You don't. Yeah. You, you must so be kidding, sorry. right?
0: no I'm sorry Um, I was um, watching it last night I was watching last night and literally realizing that I knew all the words and I was like this is this is too far we have definitely gone too far in some places you you
1: could have recited the all of Ghostbusters (laughs) but you recited that
0: (laughs) (laughs) hey I could do both I could recite Ghostbusters and then all of Fantastic Beasts but I, I think a lot of the center of the film is the characters especially I think two of the best parts of the film are jacob and queenie jacob Uh, is so good to have the muggle perspective on any of this dan fogler is so likable and the romance that builds between those two is one of the strongest parts of the film
1: yes i agree and that dinner scene where you know she makes that pastry thing
0: strudel it's a strudel man i've got i've got it it. i've got a lego version of it it came with her minifigure oh
1: took mine, I remember. You, you, you took mine. Um, anyway.
0: No, I didn't. No, but, you're wrong. We traded. I remember
1: years ago. You, years we, ago, we, we traded. Yeah, I and gave I you
0: one that. of her and you gave me a I remember Jacob.
1: now. Wait, actually, do I have her? A- I do have newts. <laughs> yeah, anyway. with that whole dinner scene with Queenie making this shoodle, and then... This whole, like, chemistry between the two characters is just great, you know. That is the strongest part of the film. and You know, we've never seen, like, with the muggle and the wizard, like, coexisting, And it's a great experimentation that I saw in the film. But, yeah, very really interesting. I really like that. But the film itself. Uh, <laughs> it's that that I've just sent you. Oh, my God.
0: Of course you will. I have, I have, have them can. all. I have oh all my of God, the figures. Yes.
1: What does it say in the middle? Welcome to Diagon, <laughs> it Diagon says, Alley. It says,
0: welcome to Diagon Alley. It, it came in the Diagon Alley set. Lego Harry Potter, everyone. Please Lego make a third CMF.
1: Wait, is that Luna? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: There's two Lunas in there.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, great. (laughs) Content, everyone. Content. I'll put that in the video so everyone can admire it. But yeah, I think one of the like the best part, like the ending, I think is so well done. When Queenie and Jacob say goodbye to each other, it is Uh. incredibly, incredibly emotional. It's gut-wrenching. And when she comes back at the end, it's such a sweet moment and so tear-jerking. I I mean, I gotta say, the best part of this film, without a shadow of the of of a doubt, is the score. Oh my god, the score is so good. James Newton Howard is on fire.
1: Oh yeah, he did this. I am yeah, he did
0: this. Yeah, he's so good.
1: Yeah, he he did really well with uh, Lord of the Rings,
0: uh, Hobbit. But yeah. Uh, You're you're thinking of you're thinking, you're thinking of Howard Shaw. James Newton Howard did the Dark Knight trilogy. With uh, Hans Zimmer and probably other things too. Oh, never mind. Uh, just, just, just carry on. There's too many Howards in the business for you. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, James Newton Howard. I, I, I want to say that he worked on what the heck? He's worked on the Hunger Games. I've oh. watched the Hunger Games. Um, he did He did Viren Last Dragon last year. We did an episode on that. That was oh. another, another great oh. score. Um, he definitely worked on the Dark Am no. I seeing what you're are saying? You, you seeing? T- I don't know. What are you seeing?
1: Just go to 2011.
0: 2011. All right. <laughs> I don't want to go back to 2011, John. <laughs> it was a dark time. Green Lantern. Oh, no. Uh, uh- I don't remember the score for that film. It might have been good. We don't, I, we don't know. I, I just I just can remember Ryan Gosling just like, the darkest day?
1: Ryan Gosling
0: was not in... <laughs> Wrong man. <laughs> do you mean Ryan Reynolds, Sean?
1: Yes. My brain... Don't, don't do Ryan
0: Gosling to... dirty like that.
1: Come on, Ryan Gosling's great. He's going to be in that film, The Green Man. Uh, another great movie out?
0: i have no idea when it's coming out it's coming out
1: 2022
0: wow oh july yes. july hello 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 is it coming out at the same time as bullet train bullet train is oh. 15th of july oh anyway fantastic beasts uh, yeah, i don't fantastic know what beasts, happened there. Um, but yeah james that, we... james newton howard his score i think is absolutely amazing it takes some great elements from the fan from the Harry Potter uh, franchise, but it also adds some amazing themes. You know, you got you got your character themes, and I think they all work really well with different variants on them. And he's gonna be he did the Crimes of old one and he's gonna do Secrets of Dumbledore as well, which is great news. I love it when there is consistency in the music and stuff, and I think that is ugh, ugh, yes. so good.
1: Yes. Going back to the characters as well, there's
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh yeah, Colin Farrell. Not Colin it isn't Colin Farrell, right? It is penguin. Hey, I was about to say someone else. I thought I said this wrong name because it's Colin Firth and Colin Farrell.
0: My, my brain <laughs> did that last week as well. Maybe that's just oh, it. Maybe god. maybe we didn't. Maybe we we never knew that Colin Firth and Colin Farrell are one and the same. Oh my
1: god, we haven't seen them together in one room. Oh my god, Ooh. we 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 must investigate this further by talking about this for twenty five minutes. Anyway, yeah. So Colin Farrell was really good. Uh, in this role of um, yeah, I forgot the name. But come on, he's uh, don't don't tell me, don't tell me. I can remember the name. I won't I tell can't you. Remember. Okay, <laughs> so you can. Uh, my brain. Uh, okay, uh, my brain just died. Just t- just tell me.
0: It's Graves. Oh, Graves. That was the name. So he works for Makuza, the American Ministry of Magic, and I think that he's a really good villain, like genuinely yeah. really threatening. And like at the end, I love it when he is just wailing on Luke, uh, Luke, Newt. I'm in Star Wars mode right now. <laughs> Luke Skywalker. Um, he's absolutely like he's just throwing spells at Newt and Newt is on the ground and he's just like trying to defend himself. But he's like got this power and this ferocity and this like anger beneath the surface. And he's so good in that role. And yeah, it's kind of annoying that they then replace him with Johnny Depp. Like, I don't dislike Johnny Depp as Grindelwald, but I think Colin Farrell does a better job as Graves.
1: Ah, yes. He he was really good as Graves uh, in that one. And the way that, in that scene where he reveals that there's an Obscurus in Newt's place. place Bag. (laughs) Bag in his bag, bag. Ah. his bag suitcase yeah suitcase there we go suitcase my brain just could not register that anyway i don't know why anyway so <laughs> with that whole bit like he was very intimidating very different uh what we see in Colin Farrell, and he was great and um, i really liked him and uh, you, you know what you said at the end where he was just like fight against the muggles they can't <laughs> see this and Everyone's like what We don't want to. Are you okay? Are you okay, Graves? And he just starts fighting. We should probably. We should
0: probably kill this guy.
1: He. Yeah, we should kill this guy. It's a little bit dangerous. He's a little bit tomfoolery against society.
0: Hmm. (laughs) Wow, what a what a way to describe it. But no, I agree with you. The scene in the Ministry of Magic uh, or the MACUSA, I think, is really cool because you get you know the whole him showing those those sides of himself, those darker sides. And the whole reveal that he is Grindelwald at the end is a pretty cool one, but you don't really get to see much of Grindelwald in this film. You know, like Johnny Depp's performance. We'll talk about that more when we do Crimes of Grindelwald. But I think that the American Ministry of Magic, MACUSA, is quite cool. The scene where they go in for the first time and Tina is, like, arresting Newt and, and the camera pans into, like, the Muggle building and then back out again. And then when they go in, you see the the Macuza, and again James Newton Howard has that amazing score I think it's a really really cool moment and I don't think this film is without its magic there are just really cool bits of magic but there's also this really dark stuff and the thing is in Harry Potter it eases you in the dark stuff kind of slowly comes in you know around Prisoner of Azkaban kind of time in this film straight away it's just like this is fun but also witchcraft and abuse of children and all that stuff which makes the scenes where, like, one of my least favourite sequences is in the zoo, because on one hand, you've got this really dark, obscurus killing the senator and this this state of terror and emergency in MACUSA, and on the other hand, you've got Newt and Jacob running through a zoo with an wants that wants to have sex with Jacob or something, (laughs) whilst Newt is performing a mating dance, like... (laughs) those two things just don't mix well together uh, it just doesn't age well with like throughout the film
1: and just ruins like the feeling of it because you can't have the dark stuff and the happy stuff like the comedic stuff like next to each other that's just going to ruin everything really just how you're going to feel towards the characters and like oh newt's commander was just dancing for his life and you know (laughs) trying to do that me dance and then we get to see dark stuff
0: it's a similar problem that you get in in the later Harry Potter films, especially especially in half Prince, the the clashing of tones. And once oh, the yeah. films decide to go with the dark tones, so, you know, the the final act of half Prince or like the final act of Vanessa Beast, I think it's much stronger. And I just don't think David Yates, at this point, David Yates, has made seven Wizarding World films. He came in for Order of the Phoenix and he did the rest of the Harry Potter films. And now he's done three Fantasy Beast films. And I think he's getting tired, honestly. In this film, you can tell, like the direction is, not, is nowhere near as interesting as it was in Order of the Phoenix. As I've said, the colour, there is no colour. Like, I, I, I feel like we need someone else to direct it, to, to inject some life into the franchise in a way that Alfonso Cuaron did. In Harry Potter, not that Harry Potter was lifeless, but do you know what I mean?
1: Yes, just want to talk about like the film's pacing and the whole like feeling of the film. It just feels like a bit empty, if you know what I mean. Like throughout the film, you get to follow these characters, but there's let like less and less scenes with like you know Queenie and Jacob. That one that was a great scene together. Like you see them there, but then you don't see that. I think like yeah, one.
0: we begin to jump about a bit, and no, it's difficult because this film is called Fantasy Beasts, and yeah, you're, you're 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 creating that. Like you have to have beasts in it, right? Like that's a problem with Crampy Grenivolt. <laughs> there ain't any it. fucking beasts, but like, and <laughs> you don't have
1: any beasts in it. I'm gonna be mad. <laughs> Can we have the Niffler, please, and we just like the, the, it we got we got
0: the Niffler, we got the Demi guys, we got the Ochimy, we got the Arumpants, we got the. Thundercat, whatever, the Thunderbird, the, the Mertlap. not
1: forget Frank's name. I'll never forget Frank.
0: Girl. God bless you, Frank, you beautiful uh, boy.
1: Frank, what was that stick thing again?
0: Picket the Bowtruckle. Oh, pick yeah,
1: I remember now. Yeah, yeah
0: Picket's yeah. nice. Again, I think I think the scenes of Newt and the Beast are really good, but I just think that... So, so, like, Queenie and Tina take in Jacob and Newt, and then Jacob and Newt leave for this 10-minute sequence where they, you know, they're in the zoo... And yeah, you do get some like bonding between Jacob and Newt, but that's not bonding that couldn't have happened in, inside the case. You could basically take out that whole section and it doesn't really affect anything. And I, I think my problem is, is that you're right, because these guys are off doing their own thing, therefore you don't get to see them interacting with you know the other characters. And so people like Queenie and Tina are kind of pushed to the side a little bit. And then we kind of go into this wizarding state of emergency it's all just a lot going on and not enough focus on everything at one time.
1: Yeah. And it just felt like unbalanced. As we know, it's very unbalanced throughout the film. The dark tones and the uh, comedic tones. With the characters as well, it's very out of place and just felt weird. It, Yeah. Okay. It's weird. Fantastic Beasts <laughs> is weird. There you go.
0: Yeah. You've got that. Boom. We did it. Um, what else,, uh, let's talk about let's talk about credence. I think that oh, yeah, credence. yeah, I think if you I think credence might be the strongest part of the film. I really like him as a character. I think yeah. he's so interesting, you know, the abuse that he struggles with and him suppressing his idea. The idea of an Obscurus is an amazing one. Like what a cool concept that young witches and wizards suppress their powers and they come out in fiery bursts. And the way that Makusa just deals with him being, oh, he's a problem. We kill, we shoot, like, instead of trying to talk him down like Newt. It's a really simple but effective way of showing the differences between them. And the way that that Graves uses Credence and doesn't understand his true power and the way that he lashes out throughout the film and at the end. I think it's really good. And Ezra Miller, as we know, great actor. Well done. Good job. I just, I think he's a really strong part of the film.
1: Yeah, I I agree. Like, how he performed as Credence was well-made. I can't even describe it. well amazing, Very... uh, good detail good. of acting. <laughs> <laughs>
0: good good job. Well done everyone.
1: <laughs> good, good good job. everyone. Gold you, you star. Did a good well, <laughs> I, uh, yes. Um <laughs> I thought you he, he saw the performance really well. And it must be really hard to like perform as you know, like some of the beasts, you know, an obscure. And that must be really hard to do. But yeah, he did really well. Yeah.
0: Um, I wonder whether that was I wonder how it involved he was. Like do you think Ezra Miller was just wearing a mocap suit and just <laughs> going crazy just like Aah! with his arms I just think they just, and then like, go, like
1: you can see like in the green screen you can see his like his arms like flaming about like you can <laughs> see that and then he's just like Colin Farrell's trying to talk to him and then he's just, like like no go away and then just like
0: arms flaming about in the air and then just like still going crazy yeah and then he yeah. kind of dies but he doesn't die because he's alive or whatever yeah I, that's a weird thing to end with like oh look sure. it's the obscurest. it's sure there it's well apparently there was a deleted scene at the end where credence like boards a boat so they always knew that he was going to survive and obviously you see like a little bit of his dark matter kind of like escaping at the end uh, after he's oh. killed but yeah no it- it's it's weird It's a- it's okay. it's weird the backpedaling that the second one does again we'll talk about this more when we talk about Cram's of Grindelwald, but this film the story is over for me. The Grindelwald story will continue, yes. but yeah. Newt's story's over, Tina's story, Jacob and Queenie, it all ends on a really interesting and satisfying note. And maybe this series would have been better as an anthology, where the ongoing tale is the tale of the first wizarding war, of Grindelwald, of Dumbledore, but each film brings in someone new. Think about phanta- uh, um no, this is Um <laughs> Think about Planet of the Apes, the new trilogy. Every film has different humans in it, but each one is about the tale of the apes and Caesar and Maurice. You could tell a really interesting story where the villain remains the same and the conflict is getting wider, but each time we're dealing with different corners of the world and different characters. It feels like in the second one, it it begins to grasp at straws because they tied up the narrative so well in this film. Yes, and it just felt like a
1: huge ending to the the story. Like When I was watching back in 2016, I was like, Wow, that's, that's a good ending. I hope we don't get another one.
0: How about, how about we get four more? Do you want yes. four more? How does that four, sound? Four more. Four more. Is everyone okay? J- j- everyone cool j- j- with but, that? Uh, I'm but not hearing enough. Well,
1: uh, how long is it until Crimes uh, of Grindelwald? When, when did that come out? 2019? 2018,
0: 2018. 2018. Yeah. Wow. So they did, yeah, it's because they did like 2016 and then 2018 and then 2022. They had a bit of a, a break. A break in which most <laughs> people stopped caring. So like, yeah, it's interesting to see. Well, because this is this film is fully written by J.K. Rowling. Now we're not going to get into anything about J.K. Rowling, uh, but yeah, we, we know we yeah, know. Let, let's not get into that. But yeah, not not a good person in in some ways. But no. I think as a writer, still she's got she's got skills. Obviously, there's no denying that. Yeah, but she's got <laughs> She's got skills, man. She can do a kickflip uh, yeah. on a skateboard. No, she can't. She's not.
1: I the don't hard, think like, Jake they're like landing on the and trying I'm trying to sound like Tony hard like yay yes. she's got skills anyway
0: um yeah yeah she but this is all her and I just don't think she's as good as writing a film and the pacing of a film and this is a fairly well paced movie but yeah she's not as good as writing that as she would be a book. Again, this is so much more evident in The Crowns of Grindelwald. And in the new one, *Secrets of Dumbledore, it's not just written by her. It's co-written by Steve Clovis, who did the Harry Potter films. So, like, who knows how that will change things? I want to also say that I think the world building is really good. You don't, we're not just going back to Hogwarts. Instead, we're exploring America. Like, what does America look like? (laughs) America! Fuck yeah. What is, what is the, I I just saluted. (laughs) No one can see me. Why did I salute America?
1: <laughs> you, you did not. You just did not. Yeah, you did.
0: It's <laughs> so America, like, John. It's home wow. of the Mets. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets.
1: It's the Mets, baby. Let's go. Oh
0: uh,
1: yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I. That's a really interesting take on to explore America in 1926. And it's a bit weird because 1926 is very close to the Wall Street crash. In oh really? October 1929. So.
0: Oh cool. This yeah. is something that. When I was watching this, it's like... This film does not show the booming 20s, you know, before the yes. crash. It, yeah. Again, it's got no colour. It's got no personality, which is weird <laughs> because a lot of the characters... Like, the side characters are written with personality. But it doesn't come through. <laughs> the side characters on better. <laughs> like, last week, we talked about the Batman. Check the video yes. out. We loved oh. it. That film shows you don't need loads of colour to make things interesting. But that film uses darkness and shadow and you know it's a very dark film in terms of the tone and it's shot incredibly but this film it 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 doesn't do anything with darkness it feels like you know it's all just like on the same one or two streets of new york there's no life and even when there is life it feels muted it in the way that it's shot
1: yeah it's just so weird like what they did with like the time period it felt like you're watching it in the 60s but then you realize oh this is like in the 20s with all the buildings it just didn't feel like the 1920s at all
0: it just it just feels weird if anything if anything if anything it it feels like it's supposed to be wartime like it would if if you told me this film is set during the first world war it would make more sense because it feels so grim but like there was more hope in this period
1: yes with
0: like everyone was like
1: yeah we don't one normal war in then 1926 which was like an era of well, very close to the era of depression so yeah. no wonder why this film was grim but as you said
0: but <laughs> yeah uh, yeah well, but that's the thing if this film is so close to depression why don't you show us why isn't the film showing us people struggling in both the magical community and in the nomad community <laughs> or whatever it, it just
1: i'm just i uh, haven't thought about like what the depression would be like in the wizarding world. Like, you know, <laughs> the, the economy just hit and everyone's like relying on the muggles like, no, our economy. We, we gotta do something. And then they go to the bank and then everyone's like at the bank and then uh, they just go like, we need to do everything now. That's what they did. Like they'd go to the banks I mean, and try and do
0: that. To be fair, like the, the jobs in the wizarding world are so specific. It's like, okay, here's what you can do. You can fight evil you can be a teacher or you can like work for government or like run a shop like that's that's what you can do like there's not a lot of room for like loads different jobs so uh, you can't even work in a bank because all the all the workers of the bank are goblins so yeah you can be a, li- a liaison but nobody trusts you because they're all goblins like yeah the goblins
1: uh, they'll, they'll do everything and yeah I That would be interesting, like, they would just struggle and everything, and then, here's the thing, if they put the film in October 1929, or a bit later, that would show, like, some hope at the end, so that would be really good, you know, like, to bring some hope into it, but I don't know, but...
0: Well, I think this series is going to go into World War II, because, according to, like, the history of Harry Potter, Dumbledore and Grindelwald have their legendary battle in 1945, so it seems like they're going to tackle the second world war yay wow just yeah. what i wanted this is going to be like kingsman again no it won't be as good as kingsman rasputin let's go we're going to see oh
1: rasputin my god again. oh no he's in the first world war
0: um, um i just realized john rasputin was like a wizarding monk hear me out what no. if what no. if rasputin was actually a wizard and they brought him into this i know he's supposed to be dead at this point but how cool would that be I'm not hearing um, a no. Oh my god, wait. It's beautiful. Imagine. Come on. Oh, oh that would be god. so cool.
1: Wait, was he actually a monk in the books or in the
0: lore? No, but they should do that. Like, oh, they should? Uh, I don't think uh. that's canon, but it should be. <laughs> Maybe it's canon to Cursed Child. <laughs> uh, I don't like Cursed Child. <laughs> It's not good.
1: I can't believe you just went back to Cursed
0: child like
1: <laughs> that's all I've got John nobody wants to talk about um
0: <laughs> I got rid of it I got rid of the book
1: finally um I'm proud I, of myself I don't know I don't know where uh, the book is I don't have it in my shelf I don't have it in my book shelf next to me it's yeah. probably
0: been burnt. you know you know at, at my high school they started teaching curse child in english like uh, you're really going to choose like normally schools teach like shakespeare <laughs> or poems you, you're or... choosing harry potter and the cursed child over that that, that oh, really? is worse, that is
1: worse <laughs> than learning poetry and shakespeare that is just like okay I, I i don't mind shakespeare or the poems unless the poems are like really crap or something like that like talks about love or don't know but there's one great one ozymandias, we ozymandias. That's great.
0: yeah um... i loved poetry it was great got yeah. you got like remains any any GCSE student in living in england listening to this is is, is having flashbacks right now <laughs> uh,
1: uh yes if you did like love and relationships there's some really good ones uh there was one called porphyria's lover and that was a really good story Ooh. um and it's a very really dark story as well and it's a long poem it's only two pages and it's really good like how you can see like the imagery and of the poem and it's great cool yeah why why on earth are you doing cursed child like that is just (laughs) i don't know i don't know oh i'm just like do like the worst book i don't know what book that would be
0: there are people out there who want to see a film about (laughs) cursed child like a film (laughs) (laughs) a single film let's just make a film (laughs) like no people want to do a film adaptation of cursed child which I think no, would be interesting.
1: No, no. Uh, w- w- really?
0: Well, no, it wouldn't be good. It would be interesting. <laughs> like, how do they do it? Because it's not a good story. Like, because Curse Child is split into two parts, so they make two films. Like, it would be interesting, but I can't think of something I would less want to see. But there is a, I mean, there is a calling for this. This film, Fantasy Beasts, it grossed eight hundred million worldwide. So there is definitely. Some interest in making more of these because you know the Wizarding World. Yeah, yeah. I'm just remembering how terrible that book was. Like bad book. I just didn't know what was the main point. The story was was it just time travel? They changed history multiple times, which doesn't make any sense. But that's fine. Uh, Wait, how how did they go back in time? Oh, that's stupid. No, yeah, with that they use a time Turner. And then they oh. like bring back Cedric Diggory. And it doesn't make any sense because time, tra- time turns don't work that way because it's a closed loop because of the because of the Patronus. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Ah, I mean, they brought what, Patterson back, so. <laughs> That's it. we got to make Cursed Child a movie just so you bring back Robert Patterson and de-age him. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. We're going to de-age <laughs> all the actors. Um, god I can't then, think of anything worse oh my god. what was the main story that was it uh, that's the main story Harry Potter's son is jealous uh, of his dad uh, so he wait, goes back it, in but, time and he, and he stops his dad from winning the Triwizard tournament oh I know it's amazing that's why then, I threw away the book right, yeah no it's a, it's a bad book anyway uh, I, I'm going to wrap it up before we go into further and ha- on Curse Child uh, what are you going to no. give Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them out of 10 5 all right, I'll be a little bit more positive. I'm going to go seven. Uh, I used to love this film. <laughs> it's not as good, but it's beige, okay? It's so, I'm sorry. There's no color in this film, and it really annoys me. <laughs> Where's the fantastic beige and where to find them? You know what's very really funny? Like,
1: when I looked at the DVD disc uh, or the DVD package or something like that, it, yeah. it was like, all oh, the five stars, like, wow. <laughs> it's so
0: Oh, my God.
1: And and simple. And then I really want to know what Empire gave it. Was it just four stars?
0: Yeah, it was three or four stars. Um oh.
1: anyway, I really want to see them get five stars because Empire's reviews of it all over the place sometimes. So they have like the weirdest reviews. Anyway, yes, thank you for listening <laughs> for our fantastic review. Woo! Woo! Yeah, we did it. We found the pun, we found the best pun of this film. John uh, I'm fantasy so proud Beasts of you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we enjoyed talking about fantasy Beasts and we'll be talking about the other ones soon as well. Yes.
0: Uh, but before that next week we're going to talk about Turning Red, Pixar's latest and this has been long if you're a long time listener. No. If you've been a long time listener you'll know that, that 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 this is one that John's looking forward to, aren't you John? No. I'm not. I'm not bro. bro yeah, you if are. you
1: okay just everyone just like have that flashback to like me <laughs> just say uh, reacting to that picture of the film is <laughs> gonna be i was laughing so hard like that was the that was like the first time i laughed so hard in this entire podcast like
0: d- you, were d- this, you were scared you were scared i'm
1: not scared it, it, it,
0: it, it, Sure. anyway
1: sure. um <laughs> i'm not looking forward to seeing it
0: it's why? It might be good. Apparently it's quite good. So like Pixar, we all love Pixar. It's
1: quite good. Oh no, it's going to be terrible. I'm going to see what it's like. Hopefully not cry.
0: If you enjoyed the video, give it a thumbs up. Subscribe if you want to see more. As you say, we'll be doing the Fantastic Beasts films and many things to be coming up and uh, so, uh and if you want to follow us anywhere you can follow us at instagram and twitter at our film pod and you can email us and tell us your thoughts on fantastic beasts or ask us any questions about fantasy beasts or anything in general at our film pod at gmail.com and we'll answer it on the podcast we'll do it right here right here where we're sitting right now i don't know if we'll do it right here where we're sitting but like anyway
1: yes stay safe Things again depressing in the world right now, and uh, especially that's what's happening in Ukraine.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah. So yeah, stay safe and um be good. Definitely. Definitely. Um so yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for <laughs> listening and take us out. Yeah, you're okay, mate. I don't know, I've been stuttering a lot today. Just yeah. my name's Chom. Thank you for listening. And Luke thank Skywalker is in Fantastic Beasts, I guess. Sure. Wait, uh, yeah,
1: uh, and uh, Mark Wahlberg too. He's playing it as the massive hippo. Um,
0: and Colin Firth, of course, is the villain. It's iconic, wow. honestly. they got iconic, so many characters. Guys. It's beautiful. Wow,
1: so many characters, more characters than Avengers Endgame. What? Okay, take what are you giving? <laughs> Give the thing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.